0: Episode 7, Paul, straight out of Tarsus. Straight out of Tarsus. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and preface this week, let you guys know that this is going to run long. And because we have committed to try to keep these two reasonable time slots, we're going to give you two weeks. So Paul is responsible for a guaranteed nine books in guaranteed the Bible. Guaranteed nine. nine. Possibly 13 or 14. And there are accounts that say that he's he wrote other books as well. So a large portion of authorship of the New Testament set the precedent for a lot of the church. So we're going to burn through this. We're it's gonna, a lot of detail. We're going to cover 70 years. <laughs> in an hour. In an hour. We're going to try to keep this to less than 30 minutes per episode and still cover 70 years of one of the most influential people in the Bible. What we're really looking at is we're going to hit the highlights. We're going to hit the top of the crests of the waves. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of stuff that we skip over. There's going to be a lot of stuff that we overlook, and probably we'll come back to Paul later. Please forgive us. Right. (laughs) Um, We are going to look at the the hot spots that we can hit that relate to Barnabas and Timothy and some stuff that you can glean from Paul. If you wanted to, I think that you could spend six months on Paul and still miss stuff. You could probably go to Bible school and just study him. Right, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go ahead and dive right into it. So welcome back, and let's get going on Paul. He was a Roman citizen,
1: uh, which will come help into he. play later. He was a Pharisee. His Jewish credentials included his heritage,
0: his discipline, and his zeal. Paul actually talks later in, in a letter to Galatians chapter one verse fourteen that I advanced in the Jewish religion beyond many of my countrymen because I was exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. A little braggy. Uh, probably some uh, a lot of truth behind that. I think that he's probably... I used to say, I'm not cocky, I'm confident. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cocky, I'm convinced, I think was what I actually said. I like but that. As a Roman citizen, he's afforded with some stuff that a lot of people aren't at this time, and we will talk about that in depth later. As a Pharisee, though, he knows the Jewish law, very zealous in his religion, um, and that's why he becomes a persecutor of Christians, because in his eyes, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're worshiping a false god. Because God was just a... Jesus was just a man right? in their book. And so. so we touched on some of this in Barnabas. If you haven't listened to the Barnabas episode, go back and listen to it because we will miss some stuff. We'll double backstory. cover a little bit of stuff. But <laughs> as a persecutor of Christians, he, he is on the road to Damascus. Jesus knocks him off his ass. From there, we talked about that last week. I don't know that we mentioned he was blinded. I don't believe we went that way. Yeah, so we... We see Paul blinded on the road to Damascus. He heads back. Ananias seeks him out. And this is Ananias, not the high priest. Ananias, the Christian. Yeah. So Ananias uh, sees a vision from God and says, hey, you need to seek out Saul of Tarsus. Heal him. He's being blinded.
1: And so Ananias was a little hesitant about that because he he already knew Saul's background and knew that he was out there persecuting Christians. So here's this. God is telling him in a dream, hey, go talk to this guy and tell him that, you know, I'm here for him. Yeah, because because when we talk, he's about,
0: a Christian that is going to this guy that's been killing Christians. Right. <laughs> when we talk about Paul as a persecutor, we we kind of gloss over and we think, oh, okay, yeah, he's persecuting. No, 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 no. You don't understand. This is the guy that probably at eighteen, all the guys that stoned Stephen laid their coats at his feet, and it said Saul was pleased. Exactly. So he's not just a persecutor; he's the persecutor. The persecutor. He's the biggest, baddest dude out there. Cats meow. He's the Hulk Hogan of <laughs> Pharisees. If if Pharisees were the union, Paul would have been Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin of the Pharisees here. Ananias knows this, but he still is obedient to God. He's obedient. Seeks him out and says, "God, I hey, trust man. you. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do it." hope I don't get stoned. <laughs> right. No, I'm sure it's a faith thing. So no, he
1: yeah. walks in faith, man. Right. I mean, he is walking in yeah. faith and he says, my Lord,
0: I will do what you say. Right. And he goes, you know, we have Paul being healed. Then he starts, starts preaching, doesn't get a lot of ground. And we mentioned that last week. He, he doesn't get a lot of ground, uh, about nine years. I think some of that time may have been working through some issues, right. you know, you've, you've murdered Christians for years there's going to be some of that stuff that you work through it's just part of it but he gets to the point that he's he's just not getting a lot of ground god sends barnabas to look out for him barnabas goes through this mentor process with him they go on their first mission trip so we see paul setting setting the example for us as missionaries it's one of the things that my church is big on love god love people serve the world mm-hmm. i know when we first started going dave talked about all of his kids had to go on a mission trip when they were growing up so paul sets this example that we need to be missionaries we need to go out we need to serve when you look through Hebrews. There's three missionary journeys that are outlined. Right. Um, The first one we're going to look at, we'll see that it's Barnabas and Paul going out. Barnabas and Paul. Then the next two are Paul and Silas. Right. The first trip, Barnabas is in in the lead. Mm -hmm. And from there on, Paul takes the lead. Right. But we'll go more into that in a little bit.
1: So I read a thing that said, everywhere he went, Paul established new Christian communities, helping them develop their leadership. Right. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, That is good.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. I mean, we talked about in Barnabas that as they went through this missionary journey, they see, or Barnabas sees that Paul's the better leader, and I think that's what he's doing. They're going through these towns, and Barnabas is like, this is not my mission trip. This is Paul's mission trip. This he to... is showing me how leadership should be. Right. What we see in this first missionary journey is they leave from Antioch, they head to Cyprus, and then from Cyprus they go into Southern Asia Minor, and then they loop back to Antioch. And so we see different things as we go through these in Cyprus, you first see Paul working in miracles. He blinds a magician. He has this magician that irritating him, and he blinds him. You have a lot of the local people say, oh, "Wow, wow, this is this guy's real." Yeah, because he's are Seeing this guy doing these magical tricks, and we believe in magic, right? Because we're stu- we're talking Greek and Roman right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, at one time, Paul and Barnabas are mistaken for Zeus and Hermes. Right, magic is as good as any other religion. Yeah. So when when they see someone that has more power than a magician, it's an opening. It's an eye-opening for them. So sometimes God works revelation through someone else's punishment. We we like to talk about learning lessons from other people's mistakes. You can also learn from other people's discipline. Right. So from there, we head into Southern Asia Minor. So in Lystra, we see Paul perform another miracle. Right,
1: and so uh, that's when he heals a lame man that's been lame since birth.
0: That becomes a, an integral part shortly thereafter because they stone him. So not
1: only does he get persecuted, or he's persecuting Christians, now Now he's on the other side of it getting stoned yeah. by, by Christians. He's left for dead, laid outside the city.
0: But gets up the next morning and just comes in. And has, <laughs> go goes like, back at it. Hey, you guys. Hey, what's up? I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, that didn't work when Paul and Timothy meet Timothy has heard of Paul because of this lame man but initially he gets him stoned
1: you know after uh, after he gets stoned and he goes back into the city he uh, in acts 14:21 it says he won a large number of disciples at that point
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean definitely got a, yeah. got the attention yeah hey check it out guys <laughs> this is actually we talked about when they were mistaken for Zeus and Hermes and this is around that same time right it's like That's, we think you're a god. We're gonna stone you. It's, uh, it's a little G. Yeah, uh, <laughs> tough crowd. Yeah. So yeah, some days.
1: So then it's uh, then they went to Derby. From Derby, they left and went to the the places that they had already preached. So encouraging the believers and appointing
0: elders from the church during that time. Yeah. So they basically uh, Derby is the last place they went, and then they circled back, headed back to Antioch. Yep. So at the end of their first missionary journey. Um, we talked last week about Barnabas uh, pointing Paul to being the new leader of the church. Um, what we didn't go into, though, is that shortly thereafter he he reveals God's calling on his life um, for the direction of the church, which yeah. is completely different than what we've done after Christ. Right. Paul's conviction is that we need to not only teach this to Jews, but we need to t- teach it to Gentiles. Because everybody should be able to follow Christ, right? Not just the Jews. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a weird thing, and we talk about it, and you hear in Bible studies and in church, you hear t- us talk about Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles. It's it's not it's not as simple as just two names. It's not just two people. They these are people that live together, but not harmoniously. Yeah, think nineteen thirties Mississippi, black and white. Right. I mean, essentially. Yeah, that's
1: you're, you could relate it to that easily. I mean, segregation. Ta- yeah, you know,
0: talking two races that just do not get along. Um, but it's not even two races. It's that the Jews are called by God. They're separated. They're his chosen people. Between the food that they're not allowed to eat, between not being able to shave, between ha- not being able to to work on Shabbat, right? All of the laws that God has given them to separate them from everyone else because they're His chosen people. The Jews see it as that they're regarded more favorably. They're, than, they're better than everybody. They're higher ranking. <laughs> and <laughs> and everybody else looks at them and says, well, you think you're better than everybody else. So it's like, you know, it's it's the Jews versus everybody.
1: I mean, in Acts 9.15, Jesus said, This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Really? I mean, this is Jesus. You know, this is Jesus is saying... You are my guy, right? You know, you are going to preach all of this message to the Gentiles. You're going to bring them into my house,
0: right? Uh, and I think the reason that Paul can do this is because he's Roman, mm-hmm. which gives him a connection to the Gentiles, and he's a Pharisee, right? Which gives him the connection gives him the connection to the Jews. This,
1: his heritage comes into play big time, right, right. there, right?
0: Right. So. <laughs> Um, which is why I wanted to make sure that we went back and talked about his heritage a little bit because it's it's important. So
1: probably the reason he was chosen because he's got that he's got a link between the two. It, it definitely. You gave know, him, I mean, he can speak to end. the Jews based on the law, the law of Moses, the Torah. He can also speak to the Gentiles in the language that they need to hear from because of, of his heritage. Right. So
0: and so we talked about him spending time with Barnabas and Barnabas coaching and teaching him. I think part of part of what probably happened um, in that time is Barnabas teaches him to be a little bit more sympathetic. I think you see Paul being kind of brazen, right? So um,
1: shaving the edges off of him. Yeah. Kind yeah. of
0: smoothing him out so and polishing him a little bit. Uh, yeah, we talk a lot, you know, coming from, uh, management and leadership in different companies, you talk about being polished and presentable mm-hmm. and, and how you can stand in front of a group of people and talk and it, it not come off as hit him over the head with a hammer when, you're, you're hitting, hitting them him over the head with a hammer, hammer. <laughs> right so um i think that's that's part of what barnabas had to teach paul um because i think paul had that connection but he had to smooth it out so right. um the next that makes sense yeah the, the yeah. next thing that you see shortly after paul defines the calling of preaching to the gentiles we get into a situation and we talked about it last week with barnabas but Peter and Peter and Barnabas are are kind of uh, turning a cold shoulder to some Gentiles, right? Um, Gentile Christians, and and Paul rebukes them.
1: Yeah, that's in Acts ten nine to sixteen is when Paul confronts Peter.
0: So we talked about it last
1: week, but we didn't really go
0: into depth with it. It becomes a bigger thing. They actually go to uh, the council at Jerusalem um, and have this long discussion on circumcision the Jews are saying well these gentiles sure that's fine they can become christians they can you know they can make it to heaven but but they got to be circumcised right and so they have this big discussion and paul says no 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 um that's jesus that's old law that's that's old <laughs> testament and we talked we've talked several episodes about old testament god but um, he says no we're circumcised in the heart Right, our hearts are circumcised. That's where we're made clean. Now, physical thing—it doesn't have your heart, anything to do external of you with, as my friend Leon Phelps would say, "Doang." Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, they have this discussion, and so this Peter and Paul disagreement—it's not noted. Some scholars say that it's before the council in Jerusalem. Some say that it's after. It's, it's kind of kind of in the mix. I think it's probably before this Council of Jerusalem. I think it's the, kind of the spark that says, hey, we need to sit down and talk about this. And so this is a correlation to what we see in churches today. You have different denominations, different leaders, different elders, whatever. They have a disagreement, and what do you need to do as a church leader? Right. Sit down and talk. And so when you look at this, it gives us our first glimpse into Paul not being perfect. Um. Because what's the first thing that you're taught in leadership classes when somebody's wrong?
1: To pull them to the side and have a conversation right. with them. Don't, don't embarrass people. Right. There's no reason
0: for that. And so Paul has this conversation with Peter. He calls him out in front of the entire church and says, nope, you are a Hellenistic Jew. You're not living by the old time, Old Testament Jewish laws. You don't want to do that. But you're trying to hold these Gentiles accountable to the laws. You're 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 saying
1: one thing and doing another. Right. So
0: he says specifically, you live like a Gentile, not a Jew. So how do you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? I mentioned Hellenistic. It's the, the, some of the Jews at this time just aren't, aren't following every Jewish law to a T. They're starting to walk in grace, but they haven't really visualized what grace is yet. Right. So. That's kind of they call this the incident in Antioch, um, and it's like I said, it's a it's a big, it's a blemish on Paul's career. A lot of a lot of biblical scholars say that um, it's it's a really it was really poorly managed. Um, There is a a non biblical author that says Paul left Antioch persona non grata, which is loosely translated as never to return again. But that's that's not actually what that means. That it's kind of like a diplomatic term, meaning you won't come back with the same diplomatic uh, provisions or protection or, or immunity. So he he kind of, he rubs Peter the wrong way, and later in in the text, Paul says that Peter agrees with him, and I think he does because. Barnabas agrees with him later, right? When the, some, they all come back around, when to some it. of the Jewish people come back in, <laughs> Barnabas says, "No, no, 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 no." We talked about this. You're wrong, but I think the way Paul handled it chafed Peter a little bit, yeah, because it wasn't handled as well as it could have been. I think it really kind of sparked that a little bit of um, irritation there, right? And so it kind of rubbed people the wrong way, and that's me reading into it a little bit. Paul talks about the thorn in his side. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, he says that he prays about this thorn, thorn in his side three different times uh, to ask it to be healed, and he's told, my strength is made perfect through your weakness. Mm. And so I personally think that this thorn in his side inside. is his um, quickness to anger. He,
1: you could see that definitely in the way that he responds to... When people confront him about yeah. just about anything, I he mean, gets he numerous gets times
0: twerked at Peter. He gets twerked at his, his best friend, yeah, Barnabas. Uh, just a little bit later, um, because this is right before they leave for their second second uh, mission, where Barnabas and Paul split. Yeah. And so, I think that it really it really shows that Paul's um, pa- Paul's weakness is is that he doesn't always control his temper. And as someone who that's the major foothold for sin for me is to lose my temper and get angry. It's it's really kind of one of those things that you're like, ooh, that one hit close to home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think when he talks about that thorn in the side, it's one of those things that it's kind of like Moses. It's kind of like David. It's kind of like a lot of the Old Testament prophets where you see people that have made mistakes, but God still continuously uses them because God's going to use anybody. Anyone. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're perfect or not. He's still going to use you.
1: Yeah, going back to the law and uh, requiring circumcisions and stuff like that, um, Paul says uh, in Galatians 2.21, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Right, Right. So, I mean, he's kind of putting that into context. If it's a law... Christ died for nothing because right. the law's got you covered, but the new law is under Jesus. Right. So
0: Yeah, that transition from Old Testament to New Testament. All right, so that's probably all we can cover this week. Um let's recap. You've got the the juice layer. Right. Uh, not the juice layer. For those of you <laughs> the that juice don't speak layer. Southern. Um the juice layer. You've got um Saul, who's the baddest dude ever, killing Christians, making this great name for himself, and he gets smacked down and, and a complete 180. So, so the first thing that Paul sets up, sets this up for is that, um, you can be called regardless of your background, regardless of the decisions that you've made, um, as men, that's, that's important because we all make mistakes. We all have to navigate through them. Um, and I think that the, the few years before Barnabas, uh, became a part of Paul's life, you really, we don't see a lot about it, but I think that's that time that he's kind of reconciling and trying to deal with uh, the fact that he was persecuting Christians. But you really don't ever see Paul trying to fix what he's done. No, he doesn't
1: um, regret it. He just moves forward from it.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's like— <laughs> It's your past. It's we, your story. Yeah, we make mistakes. Right. And sometimes we make mistakes that we are not we don't realize are mistakes until well after the fact. The next thing that we see is leadership despite his qualifications. When Barnabas appoints Paul to be the leader of the church, Paul's only been a Christian for 10 years. right? Barnabas has been living a Christian life for 20, 30. Right. Uh, You've got all of these people that have way more tenure, way more experience, uh, could easily uh, run things. You've got Peter, who's still in leadership, -hmm. Who was told by Jesus that he was going to be the rock his church was built on. Right. But Paul still gets appointed as the leadership. Paul's the leader. And that's it. Yeah. It just goes to prove that you can have people that are put into places. You can be put into places regardless of what your qualifications are because God's going to use the vessel.
1: God's will, will he will use you where you're at, you know, Without, uh, without having the
0: qualifications for it. So the the next big thing that Paul teaches us is not to be afraid to challenge. The problem you we and we talked about this at length but the problem wasn't that he challenged Peter. It was how he challenged Peter. It he's proven he's right. Circumcision doesn't matter because your heart's circumcised through Christ. Right. It's just how he handled it. But
1: he's still not afraid to step up but to but the plate as and, a leader, and call somebody out. As I a mean, leader, you did you it wrong. The, right. <laughs> but He's not afraid to do it.
0: Right. And the other side of that, though, is that he completely changed the conventional thought on gospel. Right. This isn't just for Jews. Mm -mm. So um, two huge things that Paul does that sets an example for us to say it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing, stand out. Right. Stand out, challenge the norm, don't accept things just because it's always been done that way. Um, The last thing for this week that we talked about is perfection is not required. Perfection is not required. And the the big the big blaring one is that he was killing juice. But even on a personal level, he wasn't perfect as the leader, being God's chosen one to spread the gospel still makes mistakes in handling people. Right. That's that's just part of it. None of us are perfect. You're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. Right. You just have to lead through them. Would his his trajectory been a little different if he would have handled that better with Peter? Probably.
1: Probably. But you may look look back at our own lives. You know, I mean, if I would have handled something better at this particular juncture, would I be where I'm at today, though? I mean, would we be going through the things that we're going through? I mean, uh, would we have learned the lessons that we've learned if we haven't been through or if we don't have a story, you know, so a right. trauma story that happened, if you haven't worked through a trauma story, then then where are you going to be if you've never worked through
0: them? Right. I think imperfection is what makes us useful. Right. Some of the biggest teachers that I've listened to are some of the biggest teachers that I've listened to because of the fact that they went through some stuff. Right. Not to take it away, if, if you've lived uh, a life that you haven't had big hardships and you haven't made dumb decisions, you can learn from other people's mistakes too. Right. But- the key to being a christian is taking those moments and making them teachable moments and making them teaching moments for others i think that's one of the things paul talks about how he called peter out and it's kind of a, it's almost a humble brag i called peter out yeah he agreed that he he
1: was wrong that
0: he was wrong <laughs> but i think i think some of that though is that you you see that and it's designed for you to look at and say but what if you wouldn't have called him out that mm-hmm. way? Uh, so I think it's it's a big thing. You can learn you can learn from his mistakes just like we can learn from our mistakes. Um, after this conflict with Peter, his best friend, uh, easily his closest Christian friend, his mentor, <laughs> former former mentor, mentor turned peer, right, right hand man, comes up to him and says, "Well, I I want to bring John Mark and and Paul says." Absolutely eh. not. He left us, and so we talked ab- about this last week, and we kind of left it up in debate. Um, but I think when you when you go back and look more into Paul, I think it's part of it is in his mind thinking this is to protect the church because I don't know if this guy's loyal, right? Uh, but I also think that it's part of this guy made me mad, <laughs> and I still haven't gotten over it. Thorn in the side. Thorn in the side. The anger thing, and and it's it, coming pr- back to bite him. And it's probably not too far removed from this Peter thing, where mm. he's still a little chapped that yep. I'm in command. You guys put me in charge, and you're questioning my authority. Yeah. Being cut off in the front, right? So, um, I think that that probably factors in a little bit. Once again, if you're a, if you're a theologian and you want to send us an email, we will we will correct this. <laughs>
1: Salt <laughs> plus rock <Right>. gmail dot com.
0: So. <laughs> So yeah, but that's that's they take off or they get ready to take off. Barnabas says, "Well, I'm taking John Mark. I'm set on it. We'll go just we'll just go a different way." Yep. Paul says, "Okay. Love you, bro, but I'm going to take Silas." So like we said at the beginning of this episode, we're going to jump right back into this material next week, so tune back in and hear the continuation of Paul from persecuting to persecuted. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, Feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash saltplusrock. Once again, all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps.